TV white in the living room with you tonight. Black living room talk. Home by Toni Morrison. She's no longer with us, but Toni Morrison was our greatest living writer and America's only. She was the only living noble laureate for literature. She returned with a story called Home on North Books. K-N-O-P-F. This was her 10th novel. Morrison's dazzling new story is set against the backdrop of the Korean War where promises of freedom for black folks remained unfulfilled. In this passage, we meet Cedra, also known as C, whose life has gone from bad to worse and soon to the unimaginable. A mean grandmother is one of the worst things a girl could have. Mamas are supposed to spank and rule you so you grow up knowing right from wrong. Grandmothers, even when they've been hired on their own children, are forgiving and generous to the grandchildren. Ain't that so? <laughs> See, stood up in the zinc tub and took a few dripping steps to the sink. She filled a bucket from the faucet, poured it into the warming tub water, and sat back down in it. She wanted to linger in cool water while a softly suffering afternoon light encouraged her thoughts to tumble. Regrets, excuses, righteousness, false memory, and future plans mixed together or stood like soldiers in line. Well, that's the way grandmothers should be, she thought. But for little Cedra, Cedra Money, it wasn't like that at all. Because Mama and Pop worked from before sunrise until dark. They never knew that Miss Lenore poured water instead of milk over the shredded wheat she and her brother ate for breakfast. Nor that when they had stripes and welts on their legs, they were cautioned to lie, to say they got them by playing out by the stream where brambles and huckleberry thorns grew. Even their grandfather Salem was silent. Frank said it was because he was scared Miss Lenore would leave him the way his first two wives did. Lenore, who had collected a $500 life insurance payment upon her first husband's death, was a serious catch for an old unemployable man. Besides, she had a Ford and owned her house. She was so valuable to Salem, to Salem money. He never made a sound when the salt pork was halved for the two of them and all the children got, got was its flavor. Well, yes, the grandparents were doing them a big favor, letting some homeless 
relatives live in their house after the family got run out of Texas. Lenora took it as a very bad sign for Steve's future that she was born on the road. Decent women, she said, delivered babies at home. In a bed attended to by good Christian women who knew what to do. Although only street women, prostitutes, although only street women and prostitutes went to hospitals when they got pregnant, at least they had a roof overhead when their baby came. Being born in the street or the gutter, as she usually put it, was prelude to a sinful, worthless life. Lenora's house was big enough for two, maybe three, but not for grandparents plus pop. Mama, Uncle Frank, and two children. One, a howling baby. Over the years, the discomfort of the crowded house increased. And Lenore, who believed herself superior to everybody else in Lotus, chose to focus her resentment on the little girl born in the street. A frown creased her every glance when the girl entered. Her lips turned down at the drop of a spoon. Chip on the door saddle, a loosening braid. Most of all was the murmur of gutter child as she walked away from a, from a feeling that was always on display from her step-granddaughter. During those years, C slept with her grandparents on the floor on a thin pallet, hardly better than the pine slats underneath. Uncle Frank used two chairs put together. Young Frank slept on the back porch on the slanty wooden swing, even when it rained. Her parents, Luther and Ida, worked two jobs each, Ida picking cotton or working other crops in the day and sweeping lumber shacks in the evening. Luther and Uncle Frank were field workers for two planters in nearby Jeffrey and very happy to have the jobs other men had abandoned. Most of the young ones had enlisted in the war and when it was over, didn't come back to work cotton, peanuts, or lumber. Then Uncle Frank enlisted too. He got in the Navy as a cook and was glad about that because he didn't have to handle explosives. But his ship sank anyway and Miss Lenore hung the gold star in the window as though she she and not one of Salem's ex-wives was the honorable patriotic mother who had lost a son. Ida's job at the lumberyard gave her a lethal asthma. But it paid off because at the end of those three years with Lenora, they were able to rent a place from old man Shepherd, who drove in from Jeffrey every Saturday morning to collect the rent. C remembered the relief and the pride they all took in having their own garden and their own laying hands. The monies had enough of it to feel at home in this place where neighbors could finally offer friendship instead of pity. Everybody in the neighborhood except Lenora was stern but quickly open-handed. If people had an abundance of peppers or collards, they insisted I to take them. There was okra, fish fresh from the creek, a bushel of corn, all kinds of food that should not go to waste. One woman sent her husband over the shore of the family's slanted porch steps. They were generous strangers. 
an outsider passing through was welcomed even, or especially if he was running from the law. Like that man, bloody and scared, the one they washed up, fed, and led away on a mule. It was nice having their own house where they could let Mr. Haywood put them on his monthly list of people who needed supplies from the general store and Jeffrey. Sometimes he would bring back comic books, bubble gum, and peppermint balls free for the children. Jeffrey had sidewalks, running water, stores, a post office, a bank, and a school. Lotus was separate with no sidewalks or indoor plumbing. Just 50 or so houses and two churches, one of which church women used for teaching, reading, and arithmetic. C thought it would have been better if there were more books to read, not just Aesop's fables and the book of Bible passages for young people, and much, much better if she had been permitted to attend a school in Jeffrey. That, she believed, was the reason she ran off with a rat. <laughs> if she hadn't been so ignorant, living in a no-count, not even a town place with only chores, church school, and nothing else to do, she would have known better. Watched, watched, watched by every grown-up from sunrise to sunset and ordered about by not only Lenora but every adult in town. Come here, girl. Didn't nobody teach you how to sew? Yes, ma'am. Then why is your hem hanging like that? Yes, ma'am. I mean, no, ma'am. Is that lipstick on your mouth? No, ma'am. What then? Cherries, ma'am. I mean, blackberries. I ate some. Cherries my foot. Wipe your mouth. Come down from that tree. You hear me? Tie your shoes. Put down that put down that rag down and pick up a broom. Uncross your legs. Go weed that garden. Stand up straight. Don't you talk back to me. When C and a few other girls reached 14 and started talking about boys, she was prevented from any real flirtation because of her big brother, Frank. The boys knew she was off limits because of him. That's why when Frank and his two best friends enlisted and left town, she fell for what Lenora called the first thing she saw wearing belted trousers instead of overalls. This is the excerpt from Home by Toni Morrison. T.B. Waheed. Black Living Room Talk Where you will hear Black stories Black current events Black conversation Everything concerning Around and about Us Black Living Room Talk I'll be right back Sooner than you think